Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you want to break into UX design research, or if you just want to learn more about what UX design research is, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a staff UX design researcher at LinkedIn with over 20 years of experience in a whole variety of related roles. But before I introduce you to the African-American queen of head wraps and research into UX design, Renee Reed, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out bright and early on Monday mornings, and it's got unique insights into dozens of different industries and coronavirus-relevant career advice, as well as other hacks for college students and young professionals to help all of you turn your degrees into careers you'll love. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Renee Reed, a staff UX design researcher at LinkedIn with over 20 years of professional experience in various roles, including project management, customer experience, sales, and user experience. Renee has led research projects in search and discovery, trust, and privacy and identity. A sought-after dynamic speaker and panelist, Renee's passions include inspiring the next generation of tech professionals, women of color, as well as introducing more underrepresented groups to tech, the UX industry, and to LinkedIn. Prior to joining LinkedIn in April 2017, Renee spent six years at CareerBuilder, where she worked as a lead customer success manager and then as a user experience researcher. Renee began her post-college experience working at Honeywell in Georgia as a project coordinator and eventually as a senior project manager. By the way, Honeywell is a Fortune 100 company. Renee, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated out there in the Bay Area and ready to go? Absolutely. Straight black coffee. So lots of caffeine coming through. Nice, (laughs) nice. I've got my, my cold brew, which was a black coffee, and then I added a little bit of almond milk to it. So what's yours? Do you have yours on hand? I just finished it. I literally just put it off on the side. So yeah, I literally just took a good shot and I'm just like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, I am so psyched to talk to you. I have not yet had a UX design 
researcher on Time for Coffee. And I got to ask you, let's start, Renee, for our young viewers and listeners. And if you would be kind enough to explain what the heck a UX design researcher is and what you do. You know, I'm a little bit biased. I think I have one of the coolest jobs there is in the tech industry. So as a UX design researcher or user experience design researcher, I get to work with engineers, designers, product managers to really understand what the needs and tasks of users are when they're utilizing a platform, whether it's a mobile device or a mobile application or a website or a software and really help solve any problems that they're having in these really cool, intricate ways that allow users to get what they need to be done. So whether you're using an app and you need to pay a bill or you need to navigate and find someone, there is someone who, like myself, who actually researches and talks to people to understand what do they need? What do they want? What are their pain points? And I help make those experiences much, much better. So it's a delight and you can accomplish what you need along your way. So it's an amazing, amazing job. And there's a lot of social science and cognitive science and understanding human behavior. And again, creating great experiences for people. Amazing. I can feel the joy and love for what you do. Just like going through the screen right now. I love it. So Renee, let us dive into our 10 espresso shots. These are the 10 questions to help our young viewers and listeners learn more about how to break into this dynamic field and industry. The first espresso shot is what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to become UX design researchers? Yeah, this is so important because a lot of times students making the transition right out of college, they're looking for primary UX researcher positions and the field is just flooded with people. And I always encourage young students like there are other ways to break in. So as a UX design researcher, you also have the ability to do what we call associate research or research coordinator type positions. And what this person will actually do is actually help design the research studies, help navigate who the researcher is talking to, help to recruit, schedule. And this actually gives you these ground level understanding of what research is, all the logistics that make you appreciate what you do as a researcher. And as the industry has grown, researchers had to do this on their own. They had to find their participants, schedule the interviews, make sure all the documentations and everything was ready. And it was a lot of work getting set up for the actual research study. And again, as the industry has grown, companies have realized that that is a discipline in itself in helping to really set up the study for success. And so people just getting into the industry as researchers really can get on this ground level to understand kind of the back end um, understanding of what it takes to set up a good research. And then again, not just being a research associate or a coordinator, if you get a entry level position as a researcher, researcher, you may do what we call usability studies. And usability studies will allow you to just really rapidly test designs with participants, meaning you want to just understand if they can quickly get to point A to point B and you're reporting on it. And so these kind of entry level steps allow you to, again, understand at the ground level what UX research 
church is, what it does, and then you can navigate into some more senior level roles as well. But definitely encourage students to look at those entry level positions when getting started. Nice. And do you ever bring on interns? And and if so, do you pay them? Yeah, paid internships are, I think, necessary for students. It helps motivate them more. And so in my career, we've had interns in the several companies that I've worked at and we bring them on again while they're in school. And so that when they go back to school, they're applying this knowledge in their last year or two years that they have left. And then if everything goes well, they're able to get a full-time position somewhere else or even return to the companies that they intern in. Cool. Great. Renee, what is a hard and a soft skill that you look for in the young people you hire at LinkedIn? So I think industry-wide, this is something that whether it's at LinkedIn or other companies in the Bay Area or other industries, it's just really important for students to understand that being a good listener is so important in being a researcher. And it's interesting when we talk about hard and soft skills, the things that we think are maybe soft skills really are important. And so, you know, I want to make sure that there isn't this kind of delineation of this one's more important than the other and this one's not like all of it is important. So we talk about having empathy. Empathy, people will think is a soft skill. I like to qualify that as a hard skill. You have to have empathy and understanding of who you're talking to, groups and demographics that don't necessarily get to be included in a lot of the things that are being considered in design and tech in general. So being able to be a good listener, having empathy. I err on the side of being what I call almost an old school researcher where handwritten notes are really important or being able to take notes. There are softwares that are available to do this for you uh, to translate research studies. But I always like to tell researchers when they're first starting out, know how to take your own notes. This helps you be a good listener as well when you're listening to what people are saying, how they are saying it, being able to watch body language, things like that. And also just have Having really good communication and collaboration skills. That's really important because you're usually working with a team of people, whether it's a designer, an engineer. So being able to communicate what you're hearing from participants, what your findings are. And I would say if I had to specifically call on a hard skill, really being able to synthesize information is really important. So how you aggregate um, information, how do you create themes and insights? This is really important because you're distilling down a lot of data and people need to understand what does that data mean? What are people saying? And so you have to be able to really distill down the information and report it out so people understand what it is that you're finding. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) You really painted a wonderful picture there. Renee, what about someone's major? If they didn't study design, if they didn't study engineering, if they didn't study whatever, fill in the blank, is it a deal breaker to get into this industry? I absolutely love this question because I was a career pivoter. My undergrad was in public relations and advertising. I started out as a radio and television major. So UX design research was nowhere on my radar. And it wasn't until I was in my career that I actually made the pivot. So no, you don't necessarily have to have degrees that are specific in design or psychology or things like that. What you can do is make whatever you're in 
applicable to the industry as much as possible. So if you're in school now and you have the ability to maybe take psychology courses, you know, that's important because that helps leverage your ability in the design research world. Like I said, a lot of it is social science and cognitive science and human behavior. So having psychology is important, but being able to translate what you're doing in a particular major can really help leverage you as a design researcher as well. So there is really no clear, direct path. Like, yes, you can do exactly the design type of curriculums, but you'll find in industry that there are so many people with a lot of different backgrounds that have been able to leverage their skill sets from different fields into making the pivot as a design researcher. I'd also add that as a researcher in this field, you're always learning. You're always trying to understand what's happening. So it is a, I'm still learning uh, as technology changes. So you just will keep learning new things along the way that will help you in your field. Amazing. Amazing. What about a grad school degree? And this is less so for those who are coming in at the entry level, more so for people who maybe, I don't know, want to give themselves a leg up on the competition later on in their career. Or actually, Renee, it could be, would it be advantageous for them, especially those who didn't study psychology or human behavior as an undergrad to get that grad school degree? And if so, what kind do you recommend? I'm a lifelong learner, like I mentioned, and I just think education is important and it helps to elevate your experience. So I was exactly what you described. After I graduated, I went into industry, got experience and then went back to get my master's and grad degree after being in industry for some time because I wanted to have an additional layer of academic understanding of the industry. A lot of the industry is or a lot of design and research are built on principles that have been established through empirical knowledge. And they're like canons within the science of research that are really important to the discipline. And so I felt that it was necessary for me to go back to get my grad degree, in part because I want to be able to teach and want to be able to help students and things like that. And a lot of times you have to have a master's to be able to teach and create a curriculum. So that was something that was important. So if you're thinking that you you may want to teach down the line, you know, getting that grad degree definitely is important. There are certain industries that have design research in them and companies that do require grad degree, even sometimes at an entry level. So you want to make sure you do your research to see what companies are of interest to really see how they are recruiting the type of researchers that they're looking for. There are researchers that have their PhDs. They are data scientists and math statisticians and they're doing a lot of data type work. If that's the area or route you want to go, then yes, then getting those graduate degrees and higher level degrees are going to be really important. But if you are just trying to break into industry, understand industry, it's always good to, again, start those entry level positions and then possibly go back and get that graduate degree. Totally. And what was your advanced degree? And then what kind do you recommend they look for? What type of master's or 
even a PhD? Yeah, so there are human computer interaction degrees. There are, again, advanced psychology degrees, even anthropology. There are so many different types of degrees that can be applicable to the world of design and research. And that's what makes it so exciting, right? Because you're able to pull down a lot of these empirical and information that you can apply to research. So it's not just having a design master's or things like that, but HCI, human computer interaction, design master's, of course, like that. But You can also get, like I said, advanced psychology, anthropology, cognitive science, things like that. Nice. And I love that you said really to try it out first (laughs) before spending all that extra money to get the advanced degree. That's what internships are about. That is what entry level roles are about. You mentioned you're a pivoter. I'm a pivoter too, my friend. I'm on my fourth career. And for our young viewers and listeners, you are going to be zigging and zagging most likely throughout your professional lives as Renee wasn't even aware that this kind of career existed. You may try out this design research and say, you know, I like it, but I don't love it. But through the course of doing that, you actually are exposed to other colleagues doing different things that are, and you're like, oh my God, that really appeals to me. The sales side or the communication side or the programming side, right? Exactly, exactly. And what benefited me in going into industry first, then getting my master's, I was able to actually get my degree supplemented by my company and getting it, having programs where I was able to actually leverage education reimbursement and things like that. So I wasn't getting into a whole bunch of debt just to get this degree. I had this amazing capability of getting reimbursed so that I was able to get my degree debt-free. Oh my God. Huge advantage. Huge advantage. So Renee, I am super excited to hear your answer to the next espresso shot. If you could share with our young listeners and viewers, what kind of life experiences? So those things we have outside the classroom, do you think are most valuable for them to try to acquire as a way to give them a leg up? to break into this industry. And I really want to hear about Buca de, Pe- de Pepe. Did I say that right? Buco, Buca de Pepo. De Buca Pepo. de Pepo. Buco de, de Pepo. 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 <laughs> My very eclectic, and like you said, the zigzag uh, route to design research had me in various industries, sales, customer experience, even a hostess and a waitress. And Each one of those positions and career moves I leverage today as a UX researcher. And one of the things I did when I was first starting out, I thought I had to make this huge pivot, forget everything I had done in the past and just acquire all these new skill sets and become this new person. But what I realized was that I didn't have to become a new person. I could carry the person that I was this whole time in my career and just add on to 
all the things that I had been learning. Like those were so important. Those were life skills that I couldn't just toss away. And so I was able to leverage the fact of being a hostess and waitress at Buca de Beppo, where I was meeting so many different types of people and being able to understand what people needed. You know, as a waitress, you're kind of always thinking about how can you help make their experience better? And those are the type of things that I'm thinking about as a design researcher as well. How can I make the user of this system feel much better, feel more confident in what they're doing and in helping their experience? So you may think that, oh, this is not important if I'm a cashier somewhere or I'm working at a grocery store. No, take advantage of everything that you are learning along the way. You are going to be able to tap into it. And what is so great for me is this is part of my own story. This is part of my own journey. I am a different type of researcher that's different than the person next to me or the researcher in another space. I have my own journey and that's what makes me stand out as a design researcher, all the skills that I've been able to leverage throughout my career. Oh my God. I so love that. And it totally resonates with me. And I just double thumbs up there. (laughs) Renee, what is the best part for you? The best part of being a UX design researcher at LinkedIn? So many good parts. So I get to work with some really incredibly passionate, smart people that help me become a better design researcher. But I get to learn as a researcher all the different parts of engineering, project management, product management, design. And so as a researcher, I am gaining even more knowledge in my space because I get to work with so many different people. So I'm not just in a box by myself learning about my own discipline. I'm learning about everyone else's discipline and what can I leverage with their own skill sets in there within their own space as well. I get to meet and talk to people and understand people. That's one of the things that you have to enjoy about being a researcher is being curious about people. And so I get to talk to people from all over the world. I get to understand different, like I said, demographics, different cultures. And so I just continue to grow as a person, not just as a researcher, but as a person and understanding people and cultures as well. So I get just this joy of knowing that as a professional, I'm doing good work. I'm helping people. But as on my personal side, I just I'm so excited to learn about people and understand and wanting to do more and wanting to make sure that I'm being curious about different cultures and, and what people are doing. So that's the best thing in being able to just learn more about people. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, you could plug in a different industry in there and it would be the same type of experiences if we just substituted journalist instead of Mm. UX design researcher. Yes. Because that is what I loved about journalism. That's what I love about what I do now as a podcaster is that I'm constantly learning about people and growing and learning about cultures and learning about different careers. So the flip side, Renee, and I'm sure the coronavirus has affected a lot of what you're doing. We're doing this interview at the very end of September 2020. What is the part of your current job during the coronavirus that sucks the most? Like I said, I I love people and I love understanding people and having that human connection has been so great and such a huge benefit. And so creating that 
human connection through a computer, through a lens, it's a lot harder because as a researcher, one of the things that is really important is what we do in terms of contextual studies, understanding people within their own environment, understanding how they use systems when they're on the go, when they're in a coffee shop, when they're in their homes, when they're in their office, really being in their spaces. And that's not something that we've been able to do during this time. So having to really imagine and be creative about understanding how people people are utilizing systems within their environment is really difficult when you're not there and in person. So really trying to create those connection points over a screen uh, like we are now, it just requires a lot more in-depth understanding, a lot more energy that sometimes just being in the same space doesn't necessarily require that much energy. But getting it through, I still get to talk to people internationally and over the world and things like that. But I do miss being face-to-face and having that human connection in person. That's what sucks about this. (laughs) Yeah, I can totally see that. So three final espresso shots. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Renee? The best, and I've said this in talks and in webinars I've given, the best advice I have ever gotten that changed my trajectory into UX research was make sure that you are running towards something and not running away from something. Now I'll say that again, make sure you are running towards something and not running away from something. And the person who gave me this advice saw that I was trying to get away from the position that I was in and I was just applying to anything and everything and interviewing. And she sat me down and said, you're running away from something and you're kind of running aimlessly without any real target. You're not sure what you exactly want to do. And what will happen is you'll end up running into the same situation, the same thing, probably another job. What do you want to run to? What career do you want to run to? And that absolutely blew my mind. And it changed the way I thought about myself, my goals, what I wanted to do, and that I wanted to make sure I was running to something very intentionally. And so I flipped around, you know, what I was doing at the time and said, I want to do something that I know that I'm going to be able to sink my heels in and really grow and root myself and plant myself and keep growing and not have to feel like I have to run all these different directions. And that just gave me just clear direction into what I wanted to do. And here I am. And it has been totally rewarding and the best career move that I have done. Oh, love that (laughs) advice. Absolutely love it. Mm. So Renee, what movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, shows, or books, do you think accurately depict your industry? You know, design is a big word. And you have UX design, you have architecture design, you have all these different types of design. But when you get down to the core of it, it really is about the human experience at its core. And one of my favorite docuseries uh, on Netflix is a series called Abstract. 
and they've had two seasons so far and it's called Abstract the Art of Design. And it takes a look at various designers through a plethora of industries to really understand how they are creating experiences for people. Now, as a researcher, it's like, well, that's design. That's not research. But if you listen very carefully, you hear about the research that has to be done to get these designers where they are in creating these experiences. So everything from a shoe designer, like I said, architect, the costume designer from Black Panther. It is amazing. Ruth Carter, love her, love all that she does, like creating these experiences. And you understand the art of design and why it's important to understand how people are seeing and receiving and experiencing design because you have such great impact on people. And so the research part of that underscores everything that you're doing. So abstract on Netflix, huge fan, talk about it all the time. It is just an amazing insight into how design really impacts our day to day in our world. Fantastic. We will include a link in the bio and show notes and I am going to watch that. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. So last espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your industry, Renee? I think one of the things that people will be surprised to know and understand is that it is still evolving. We're still trying to figure out a lot of things in our industry. So when we think of AR, VR, MR, mixed reality, augmented or reality, all these things, there's still a lot of research that has to be done to understand how do we research these type of worlds? How do people understand this? And so that's a whole other space that's still trying to find its way in terms of what are the principles to research. So this is what's exciting, right? You're not coming into a space that has it all figured out. There's so much room to grow and understand and learn. And so the possibilities are there, the opportunities are there, and you can just really become thought leaders and pioneers in industries. A lot of people think that, you know, when you join an industry that it's already been done, there's no pioneering, but there's so much space and room for people to still be pioneers in research. So I'm excited. Oh my God. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And if you, our dear viewers and listeners, are interested in learning more about what the fabulous Renee Reed does as a UX design researcher at LinkedIn, check out the bio, check out the show notes to see if Renee's main time for coffee interview has already dropped. Renee, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. What you do is so fascinating and you are such a gifted communicator and presenter and I can just see the sky is the limit for you as you continue to move down your professional path. Thank you so much for kind words. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with your audience. This has been fantastic. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee 
www.ncc.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712.